listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I am your host, Harry Simeon. I've got to start off by apologising for the delay in this podcast coming out. Obviously, I like to do them the night of the game. Uh, Should have done it immediately after the final whistle in the game between Arsenal and Manchester City. But unfortunately, I've not been too well uh, for a couple of days. It's no secret. Um, but I have been struck down by the coronavirus. I've got a positive test. Um, I felt terrible for a good couple of days now. Um, finally mustered up some energy despite thinking about doing this earlier on in the day uh, to try and um, to try and get this podcast out to you guys. We're doing it now, finally. Uh, dosed up on uh, everything you can dose yourself up on, basically, uh, to make sure that we get this over the line. Um, so looking forward to bringing you guys this podcast, but there is a good chance that I may end up coughing during the show on multiple occasions. So um, I wanted to let you guys know and make you guys aware that if I do, that is the reason why. And I am sorry and I apologize. Um, But yeah, is what it is. Um, Big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat at the moment. Um, Hope you guys are all good. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Um, And just before we get into the football, The last thing I'll say on the whole coronavirus thing is the next person I hear telling me that it's just a cold or it's all a massive conspiracy theory that the government have just cooked up so that they can control us. You're an absolute mug and I don't want to hear it ever again. Uh, Genuinely, genuinely, this is a real virus and I have struggled with it for two days really, really badly and I can only imagine what it would be like for someone double my age, somebody with underlying health issues. Um, so for me to be struggling, it, it means it's something. And so I don't want to hear all this rubbish. You know, uh, when I've mentioned it before on previous shows, I've seen comments in the in, in the chat box, um, you know, people going, oh, you know, it's all it's a government conspiracy. It's this, it's that. I don't give a shit about any of that. Um you know, if you don't want to take the vaccine, that's absolutely fine. That's everybody's choice. I don't have an issue with people having different opinions, but don't spam up the chat box with people telling me that it's not a real thing because it is a real thing. Um, people very, very close to me are really suffering from it right now. Um, and and I'm struggling with it as well. So I don't want to hear any of the nonsense about it's a made up thing and all of that jazz. It's all nonsense. Coronavirus is a thing. So be careful um, as much as you possibly can and, and protect your loved ones from it. Right. Let's get into what we're actually here to talk about, though. And that is, of course, Arsenal's defeat in the Carabao Cup against Manchester City. Um, Mikel Arteta's side unable to put their bad run uh, to bed. And, and this was a game that I've got to be honest, when you looked at the two lineups at the start of the night, I think most of us would agree or would have agreed that actually um, Manchester City 
were by far the favourites. When you look at the team that Pep Guardiola put out, it was it was full of quality. You know, the likes of uh, Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, people like Fernandinho in the middle of the park, centre-backs like Ruben Diaz, Imeric Laporte. And then you look at Arsenal's side and you saw Alex Renarsson, Shkod Ramustafi, Serge Kalasinac, Cedric Suarez. You know, it was just, it was in a, it was a completely different level completely different level um and yeah it was um it was no surprise to me that Arsenal got beat I thought Arsenal started the game really really poorly though and that was what was really disappointing for me you know when you're talking about a team trying to trying to dig themselves out of a hole a team trying to get themselves back on track you want to see them go out and start games with an intensity with a passion with a desire and Arsenal simply didn't have that. And from the very beginning, we gave ourselves an absolute mountain to climb uh, with the nature of that first goal that we conceded. It was a cross in from the left-hand side. And Gabriel Jesus just gets in between Mustafi and Gabriel. I've seen Mustafi get blamed for that goal. I think he is obviously partly to blame. I think that Gabriel probably should do a little bit more to try and put Jesus off because he's he's facing him and he can see him. And I think that Renarsson has got to do much, much better. I mean, he comes out and he just gets caught in no man's land and makes it really, really easy for Gabriel Jesus. And from then on, as I said, Arsenal had an absolute mountain to climb, struggle to keep possession, struggle to make anything happen, struggle to do anything, to be honest. Um, and, and that outcomes a goal out of nowhere, a good crossing from the left-hand side from Gabriel Martinelli. And there was Alexander Lacazette to head home. And I thought, you know what? That's against the run of play, but it might be the bit of luck that we need. It might be, you know, the, the, the kind of bit of fortune that would start to turn our season around. And, and, you know, it was a really good header from Alexander Lacazette, but let's make no bones about it. It was completely against the run of play. And all of a sudden you're thinking, well, you know what? If we go into to sort of the last 20 minutes or so and we can keep it at this point and we take this to penalties and the chance of scraping through and that would have been a massive confidence boost, wouldn't it? But obviously we were rocked by a couple more things. The, the injury to Gabriel Martinelli should have come off when it first occurred. We know that the guy has been out for a really long time, showed glimpses again of what an incredible talent he is and why you know, Arsenal and, and Mikel Arteta are so delighted to have him back. But once he picked up that knock, you, you started to fear for him. Now, Martinelli's since been on social media since the game and said he's fine and all of that. And it was just a knock. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you're taking a massive risk with the youngsters fitness. And Mikel spoke about it before the game. He said that, that Martinelli had only played 45 minutes for the under 23s. He'd had a bit of game time as well uh, in the game at Everton in the Premier League. So it was always a risk to, to include Martinelli full stop. Um, and, and fortunately, it seems that that injury is not a serious one. So we may end up being OK with that. And we may end up seeing uh, Gabriel Martinelli uh, in contention for the game against Chelsea. Fingers crossed. And then after that, it was just, you know, it was just typical Arsenal of late, wasn't it? Riyad Mahrez's uh, free kick wasn't threatening anybody. It was straight at Alex Renarsson and Renarsson just lets it go for his hands. And all of a sudden Arsenal have a bloody mountain to climb again. And you, you know, it's bad enough when you're not playing well. It's bad enough when things are, uh, are going against you. But when your goalkeeper goes and makes a mistake like that, 
it, it becomes nigh on impossible then, doesn't it? You know, the confidence of this team is already on the floor. And for Renarsson to make a mistake like that at such a key moment just completely killed us. And from then on, it was a walk in the park for Manchester City. Look, everybody makes mistakes. And I'm not going to sit here and say, look, that I'm not going to sit here and say I don't ever want to see Renarsson at the Emirates Stadium again and, and, and want to kill his career. Because as I said, mistakes happen. Goalkeepers in particular make mistakes. The problem here is that it's it's a it's a damning indictment of, of where Arsenal are at at the moment. The fact that Emmy Martinez left to be replaced by Alex Renarsson. Now I know that Renarsson, or we all know that Renarsson is um is is not is not number one. We we know that. We all knew that Renarsson was somebody that we bought in to plug in a hole temporarily because we had to lose Martinez for a number of reasons. I think the club have been really clear about that. It was partly due to finance and it was partly due to the fact that Martinez didn't want to hang around and be a number two anymore. And fair play to him. But Arsenal needed to get a deputy in, a, a more capable deputy. And if they weren't going to get bring in a more capable deputy, then you've got to be playing Burn Leno. It's as simple as that. Now, Burn Leno has made mistakes this season too. Burn Leno has faced criticism this season too. But that mistake from Renarsson was shocking. I thought Renarsson overall had a really bad night. Looked really shaky with the ball at his feet. Looked really uncomfortable. Obviously made that good save from Gabriel Jesus in the first half. But other than that, Renarsson just looks way out of his depth. Way out of his depth. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it's, you know, it was a cup quarter final at the end of the day. And you could argue that the Carabao Cup is not our priority. And I get all of that. But at a time where Arsenal's confidence, as I said, is on the floor, Arsenal's confidence is broken. We needed a result. We need a result. And 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 to then play some of the players that he did, one of them being Renarsson, is a little bit baffling. Did he hope that a, a few changes would, would see Arsenal perform to a better standard? I, I'm not actually sure what Mikel hoped to achieve. Uh, from that game, but uh, sorry, from some of those selections, but certainly didn't get the result. And and from there on, you know, Manchester City just just ran away with it. The third goal, yes, it was offside, marginally offside. Um, Phil Foden straight into an offside position, finished it brilliantly. Um, but you know, yes, I'm upset, and and I feel like as well, Fernandinho probably should have been uh, shown a red card in the first half. And, and just to make a little side point. People complain about VAR. Well, VAR is needed in football. I think yesterday proved that. And, and that's why we can't go back now. We can't go back to not having VAR because the incompetence of the officials is on show time and time again. So, yeah, um, the third goal, good finish from Foden, but it was offside. And the fourth goal was just terrible Arsenal defending again. And I'm Eric Laporte just heading home from close range. So, yeah, really, really disappointing night again uh, for Arsenal. And, and again, it felt in his post-match press conference that Mikel Arteta was making excuses again. And, and I'm just getting sick of that. You know, I'm getting sick of hearing it. I'm getting sick of hearing the excuses um, about why we didn't win the game and what went against us. The fact is we're not winning football matches and, and that should be all that matters. Like genuinely should be all that matters. So, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to take that one, and it's hard to take. And of course, with Chelsea coming up on Boxing Day, 
it's probably going to get even worse for Mikel before it gets better. So, yeah, there is a massive concern at Arsenal Football Club at the moment. There's concerns around the manager. There's concerns around the playing staff. Um, you know, I expect some departures in January and, and in the summer. I think that is an absolute certainty. We're already hearing today that Shkod Ramostafi's agent has been in discussions with Barcelona, lo and behold. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if that comes off. And, and, and you know, he's one that is set for an exit. His contract expires at the end of the season. Same with Socrates, same with Mesut Ozil. There's a few players who I expect to be departing the club. The rebuild that is needed at this club is huge. It's massive. And there are so many issues. The problem is, though, when you manage a club the size of Arsenal, you cannot afford, you simply cannot afford to to not hit minimum standards and, and to not achieve a minimum level of performance. And Arsenal aren't doing that at the moment. And with each week that this continues, you start to worry about Mikel Arteta and if the job you know, is too big for him. And, and if Arsenal, despite all the public sort of rhetoric uh, that they're giving, if Arsenal are actually going to stick with him or if Arsenal are going to pull the trigger um, on Mikel Arteta. But it is going really badly at the moment. And I'm not sure what the solution is at the minute. I, I, I'm really not sure. Let's have a look what some of you guys are saying in the live chat. Don't forget, if you're watching us live right now, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, we're going to keep it short today just because the reasons I explained at the top of the podcast, um, not feeling too great. So we're going to keep it as compact as possible, but just going to pick up some of you guys' comments um, in the live chat. Let's see uh, what you guys are saying. Uh, Graham Sutherland um, says three games away from a trophy feel the stronger team, man. Yeah, I agree. Um, and particularly with confidence, the way it is at the moment, you know, any result would have given Arsenal a boost, a much needed boost. Then you feel like, uh, you know, picking your strongest team will give you a greater chance of achieving that. Surely um, that's not to say that even even our most senior players right now are, are performing, but totally agree where you're coming from. I, I thought that Mikel got it wrong. Um, and you know, he will argue that he's prioritising the Premier League and some people will say that's the right thing to do. But I think when the confidence is so low, when the morale is is, is on the ground, you need to do anything to to pick that up quicker um, and to turn it around the sooner, uh, sooner, sorry, rather than later. Um, let's see what else uh, you guys are saying. Rahul says, if something had happened to Leno by any chance, then it would be Arteta's fault again. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair point. It's a good point and a fair point. Um, but I mean, goalkeeper is a position that you can normally get away with it, isn't it? Um, that's what I would say. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Just going to pick up a few more of your comments. Big hello to Stel Stiliano. Check out the Shoot the Defence podcast if you haven't already. It's a fantastic show. Um, so check out Stel's work over there. He says, when a keeper makes mistakes, it makes it more difficult for his backline because they're forced to work harder as they can't trust who's between the sticks. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It just breeds a... Uh, a lack of confidence, doesn't it, amongst the back line and it just causes uncertainty and it's just never a good thing. Never a good thing at all. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying in the live chat. Um, Russ Morgan says, are you finally Arteta out, Harry? <sighs> I'm leaning that way, yeah. 
Um, I am leaning that way and it's becoming increasingly difficult not to be, you know, he needs to turn it around and he needs to turn it around fast. And right now there is no signs of that happening. So it is a massive worry. So yeah, at the moment I am questioning whether Mikel is the right man to take us forward. I really am. Uh, Matt Gray says Allegri or Poch comes in now, but has no money to spend until summer or keep Arteta and give him 50 million to spend in January. That's a tough question. I don't think Poch would join Arsenal because of his Tottenham connections. I don't think Allegri would be particularly interested in the job at the moment. If you give Mikel 50 million to spend in January, then you sh- you might see a bit of an improvement. But, you know, it's um, it is starting to get difficult to tell because the club have bought in players and they've not performed. And, and I know a lot of those weren't under Mikel's watch and some of those guys came in, um, you know, prior or the deals were done prior to Mikel taking over the reins. So you've got to think about that as well. But I don't know. Arsenal need to need to do something in January because we're in a relegation fight. That's the reality. Um, I don't think Arsenal will go down at this point. I still think we'll have enough. And I still think there are three worse teams in the division than us. But you can understand why some people are concerned and you can understand why the club will probably feel that they need to get the checkbook out next month to be able to try and, and steady the slump and, and prevent uh, the, the further deterioration of the side. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, big hello to Miss Melina. Hello, Harry. Hope you're keeping well. Wish you a wonderful, happy, happy holidays and a very Merry Christmas to you and yours. You too. Thank you so much uh, for your kind wishes. Andrew S. Lots of people overreacting. We had no right to beat this Man City team. Remember the size and depth of their squad. There is a reason why they always win this cup. We need to focus on the league. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you, there is that we did have no right. I said it right at the top of the stream. We didn't have a right to beat Manchester City. Um, and, and my sort of feeling towards Arsenal at the moment and the kind of downbeat attitude that I have right now is is based off of what's gone on in the last six or seven weeks rather than it being the Man City game. You know, had we just got knocked out to Man City, but everything else was fine, wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? But yeah, it's um, it's just another one, isn't it? It's another defeat in a long line of defeats that is that is increasing the pressure on Mikel Arteta, uh, adding to the problems that we have as a football club. And um, yeah, that's, that's why people are upset because it's a culmination of things. Uh, RW says, like the Arsenal hat, Harry. Thank you very much. Uh, smash the like button, everybody. Please do so if you haven't already. Um, it is very, very much appreciated. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Um, Harry Land says, I want Arteta to stay. He deserves another window and I think everything is in place for a good January. However, if we're changing manager, the Nuno Espirito Santo is the only realistic candidate. <laughs> I like Nuno, but but is he a top, top level manager? As in elite level? Is he somebody that's going to come in and turn Arsenal's fortunes around as a club? I'm not sure. Um, I think that, that Arteta will get another window. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about that. I, I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans over the last few days suggesting he'll be sacked if we lose to Chelsea on Boxing Day. I don't think that'll be the case. Um, 
but I'm I'm kind of on the fence now. I understand why there are some out there that feel like he should be sacked and why there are some who feel as though actually he deserves more time. It's it's a really difficult one. You know, we, we're all aware that the problems are deeper than Mikel. The playing staff is not right. The, the people running the club upstairs are not doing a good job. Mikel's not doing a good job either. Let's have that right because Arsenal should deserve to be higher up in the table um, than 15th place based on the squad that they have. And so you can't sit here and say that he's he's doing a good job. Um, you know, it's um, it's a tough one. I, I think he'll get your window though, Harry. I, I really do. Um, David Mar says, my wife asked me today if I want Arteta sacked. I said, all I want is to see Arsenal win football matches. Don't care who the manager is. Yeah. I, and, and that's absolutely right, isn't it? That is, um, that is absolutely right. Um, that, that as Arsenal fans, that should be our primary concern to win matches. Shouldn't be personal. Shouldn't be any of that. Um, it should literally be about Arsenal winning football matches. And, and unfortunately at the moment, that's not the case. Right. Um, I'm going to wrap it up there, guys, just because, as I said, right at the top of the program, I'm not feeling very well. Um, that's why this podcast is late. So I apologize again for that. Um, don't forget, hit the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll be feeling a bit better tomorrow as well. We'll bring you a couple of shows. We'll be looking um, ahead to the Boxing Day game. Uh, not going to do one on Christmas Day, obviously. So we'll be looking ahead to that uh, tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And um, for those of you that don't join the podcast again before Christmas, have a wonderful Christmas uh, with your family and friends. Um, I hope you guys uh, make the best of it. I know the rules are really shit at the moment, but it is what it is. Hopefully you um, you get to spend time with, uh, with those that are closest to you and uh, everybody stays in good health. Until next time, take care. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.